Five to Nine is a podcast for the side hustle generation. For those who make their bread in a nine to five job and fulfill their dream in a five to nine hustle. For the moonlighting culture. For those who want more. We sit down with inspiring people for a conversation on how they fulfill their passions with creative projects. And why they do what they do. Let's, Let's jump, jump in. Five to nine. Five to nine. In this episode of 5 to 9, we talk to Michelle Poehler, the creator of 100 Days Without Fear. Last year, she challenged herself to face 100 of her biggest fears and recorded the process through daily YouTube videos. After getting over 5 million views on her YouTube channel, Hello Fears, and overcoming her biggest fear, giving a TED Talk, she now travels all over the world to speak about her changed perception of fear and inspire others to take action. We discussed how she used to be a planner and always needed control. Balancing work, grad school, and a 100-day project. How she found out that the opposite of fear is not fearlessness. Hmm, then what is it, John? We just gotta listen and find out, Tina. Oh! (laughs) How this project tapped into her inner qualities that she didn't know was there. And finding a higher meaning to your side projects. Without further ado, let's do it, do it! Hello, Michelle. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) My pleasure. Yeah. So let's jump right in and start from the beginning. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up. How did you get to New York? So I grew up in Venezuela. That's where I was born. I spent there the first 19 years of my life. And then um, the, I don't know, Venezuela, the situation, everything was getting a little bit too dangerous. And I thought it was the right moment for me to leave because I was just starting my career as a graphic designer there so it's like um, I might as well just start my career from the beginning in the United States so then I learn um, everything the way that they are teaching their students and then it's easier for me to find a job there Mm -hmm. so that's why I moved to Savannah Georgia to go to SCAD Um, so that's where I started studying this graphic design and then I moved into art direction Mm -hmm. so I graduated as an art director from SCAD and also my boyfriend which is my husband now he moved like three months before I did also to the United States to to Mm -hmm. go to college so he was like you're coming I'm not leaving you in Venezuela so yeah we we did the move together but to different states we were three hours apart on train by train yeah (laughs) so yeah and then from there I graduated from SCAD and moved to Miami to get married because he was all already working and living in Miami and my dream was always to come to New York never to go to me well when I was little I I used to like Miami a lot but not at you know when I was older so I moved there just to you know because he was there and he told me don't worry one day we will move to New York together and I didn't believe that I was like you know Miami is the place where everybody goes settle down and start a family and I'm going to get married, so probably that's what will happen. But we were there, and I was not happy. Like, I I don't know, I felt like I was not inspired 
at all and you need inspiration as an artist mm -hmm. and so I would like walk around the street but no one walks everybody is in a car all the time mm -hmm. all these mm -hmm. things that I was like oh, I can't see people outside I, everything I see it's too perfect like I don't mm -hmm. know I need like I need I need to struggle a little bit more also because I was too comfortable like we got married we had a two bedroom two bathroom apartment in, in a really fancy like building and and we were having like I had a nice uh, a job I was an art director at YNR yeah and so he was a financial advisor and everything seems way too perfect and I'm like I'm 23 or 20 yeah I got married at 23 so and I was like I'm 23 wow. this seems too comfortable like I don't feel I'm in the right age to be this comfortable and then I thought I want to move to New York like I've always wanted to but he was like yeah but it's like financially uh, a very like crazy decision to make to just say oh you know let's move to New York it's very expensive there and then he said if you find a reason why we have to go then we'll evaluate that so then I heard about the program um, the SBA masters in branding and it just made sense for me. It was like, wow, it's a um, art school that is teaching strategy and branding, and that's mm -hmm. exactly what I love. I realized very early that I was not really um, in love with advertising. I wanted to switch, and I knew branding was my thing, and I couldn't identify that before. But it didn't take me a long time to to understand that. So when I saw that program. I was like, this is it. This is the reason I needed to move to New York. So I came here for an info session they did. And I learned that like a thousand people apply a year and only 20 or 30 people get in. Oh, wow. So when I told this to my husband, he's like, well, do your best. If you get in, we're moving to New York. If not, we'll stay. And so I worked like the hardest that I've ever worked in my life to get into that program because I really believe that that was the right program for me and because it was my way of coming to New York. Yeah. So a few months before even um, getting their final like yes that I'm in the program, I was so nervous I was not even going to get in but I was so convinced I wanted to move that I even said if I don't get in I'm moving anyways like mm -hmm. that is what I need in my life to be happy like I'm not happy here but anyways I got in <laughs> that was awesome yeah I moved I think that what is so interesting that you mentioned is that you've always been a planner and when we were doing research about you you definitely talked about that you and th a big reason why you did this 100 day without fear is because you've always been a planner and you feel like your life has always been kind of this bubble. Why did you want to have so much control? Like, where did that come from? So, yeah, I've always wanted to have extreme control over everything in my life. Um, I don't even know why or, you know, like, I don't... I, Maybe I haven't um, explored that. Like, why am I so obsessed with being in control of things? And th that's why I needed the project so much. Yeah. And what I did is I divided fear into seven categories. And one of them was letting go of control. Mm -hmm. So I faced a couple of the fears that are all about letting go of control. Like, for example, um, crowd surfing. That was oh amazing. <laughs> that was like, you can't... <laughs> You control absolutely anything about this like you're just floating and I enjoyed it so much that I realized how awesome it is not to be in control of things sometimes so again going back to the 100 day project so you mentioned just now and also in your TED talk that the 100 day project is part of the SVA branding grad yeah. class 
And to come up with this 100-day project, you had to write an essay describing where you want to be in 10 years, what you want to be doing, living your best life, and then identify one obstacle and use that to build your project. Tell us a little bit more about that process and what you wrote about. Yeah, so this was a really interesting exercise when they asked us, write your best day 10 years from today and they said the 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 actual question was what would you do if you weren't afraid and i was like oh. so that was the exact prompt yeah okay and i now i go back and i read what i what i wrote that day and i was not dreaming big it was very realistic it was like okay this seems like a path that um i don't know it's realistic for me what did you write so i wrote that in 10 years i was going to be back in miami like it, that's something that i really like now i just want to stay in new york that's the truth but i felt like that's what kind of my family expects and, and society expects of me to go back to miami mm -hmm. um because that's where my friends and my family live and it's impossible to stay in new york because it's so expensive and to have kids here by myself without family or anything is going to be um almost impossible so i thought well it's okay i'll go back to miami and then um in 10 years i will open my own agency after having worked in the best places here in new york i'm ready to do that with my husband so i was hoping that at one point we work together because i think we complement each other very nicely so i was if i'm going to open an agency i need his business mind as as, as much as i need my my creative side mm -hmm. together and then we I, I wrote that in 10 years we would have obviously kids that are already like six or 11 no six or um, eight years old and we live in a nice house that is very creative very close to the agency that we have <laughs> and I wrote that I was that I was already giving TEDx talks and and speaking also and being a judge at like some of these um, branding or design yeah um, panels and stuff so I wanted that I wanted to be a speaker for some reason I don't know I never thought about speaking as a career and I don't know why I wrote it there that I was more like not being paid for it but getting invited at schools and companies to speak about branding and my accomplishments over the years yeah that's what I wrote and then but now you know that was like the realistic path for me like very achievable but then they asked uh, asked us to create another essay writing uh, choosing one thing that could come between us and our perfect plan and first I wrote a, a whole essay about motherhood and then when I read I heard other people's stories of their one thing that could come in the way they were very deep things that actually can come in the way and I realized mine is actually not deep at all like if it's motherhood then I chose that it's not mm. an obstacle. I chose that because I loved it so much that I'd rather do that than my career. But what is the one real thing that I can't control now that will actually get in between me and my perfect life? And then I realized that it was my unwillingness to face my fears. That was the one thing. And I realized I've been missing out so much on great opportunities and network events and people that I could have met because I'm so afraid to reach out, to say something, to mm -hmm. actually go by myself to events. All these fears that would prevent me from actually being the successful uh, business person I wanted to become at one point. Mm. And in that moment, when I wrote that say, say, essay for the second time, I was like, I have a 100-day project in my hands. I know I have to face my fear. 
So you were doing this 100 day project while you were in this branding program and also while you were working at YNR as an art director. So this was your side project, but mm-hmm. also you have to you had to be in this grad course. Yeah. How did you even juggle everything? How did you prioritize everything? This was so crazy. It was because my life was already crazy before the starting this project. I would go every day to YNR from 9 to 5 and then from 6 to 9 I would be doing my my program and then from 9 like I would go home I would normally arrive home around 10 10:30 10, mm-hmm. p.m. I would have to go like have dinner really fast and then start doing my homework for the next day. And then my weekend was just doing homework every like you know, for the entire Saturday and Sunday. It's not like I was having fun at all. So I had so much work and then suddenly I decided to do one video a day for YouTube where I have to actually face a fear and do an action. It was just crazy. I was not sleeping a at lot, all. Yeah. So what I did was I used my lunchtime every, every, like every day I would go to a restaurant with a friend when I was not doing the project and I, I was like, okay, so that is the time to face fears and the, and the weekend also. So I used my lunchtime every day to face a fear or my night time so for example one fear someone suggested was go to a bar by yourself so one day I had no time during lunchtime and I was like I need to find a fear to do at night and I remember he saying that so I was like okay it's 11 p.m. I have homework but I will go for at least half an hour 45 minutes to a club by myself it was Thursday <laughs> it was perfect I went I did that came back did my homework like that's it kept going with my life or for example uh some days I would wake up and have to do fears very early because I had my entire day filled up with like even interviews when the project was viral and everything so one day I went to the Brooklyn Bridge to see the sunrise which is a huge fear for me to be outside by myself at that time of the day like I feel like only like very like homeless people or weird people are outside at that time like wasted people (laughs) that are like oh my god from the (laughs) night before still partying so I feel very vulnerable at that time and I I don't know why it's a fear of mine so I decided to do that go to Brooklyn it was actually scary to get there but once I was there it was like amazing so much that I keep doing it I mm-hmm. like yeah. at least once a year or twice a year try to go to see the sunrise yeah I did it on my birthday last year and it was the best way to start my birthday a lot of these fears we are fearful of them because we just make up this idea in our heads that doing these things is going to make us feel a certain way mm-hmm. and I think that when you actually do it it's really not that scary so what's like what was the most surprising activity that you did when you compare how you felt about it beforehand and the outcome of it after it? Yeah, so many, many surprising ones because this was all new for me. I never in my life faced a fear. So I had no idea what to expect, but obviously I was expecting the worst of all of them. But each one of them, even though I did not overcome the 100 fears only a few of those i face them but I, it's not like I, oh i'm not scared of um snakes anymore i am even though i face that one and even though if i have to do skydiving again i would again be scared to do it mm-hmm. but um so they were like surprising in very very different ways so for example it's mostly about what i learned from each one of them so for example um posting nude in front of a drawing class mm-hmm. i had no idea what to expect from that that was i was terrified to do it and I did it and 
it was like a really nice transition where I went from feeling very self-aware and thinking that everybody in the class is going to be judging me for how I look to understanding a couple minutes later that it's not about me and it's about them and it's about the art that they're creating and that maybe the things that I am embarrassed about or that I consider to be my imperfections are the ones that are inspiring the artist the most. So, you know, like I wanted to be perfect and I was like, oh, I should do diet or something before I post nude and then I was like no that is not facing a fear I have to face my fear as I am right now and that's what I did and and I don't know it was like a nice transition to go from uh, putting all the pressure on me to actually go from me to them and say it's on you now you create and I was so surprised then to see their drawings like one guy spent the entire time drawing my face in all the different positions what when I saw that I'm like I was so concerned about my body and he was looking at my face the entire time and this was a guy That's interesting mm. so That's interesting great. yeah and other, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like another surprising one was also um helping the homeless people yeah. in New York and asking what can I do for you instead of giving you cash like that was a huge fear because I was like what if they ask me they want to get a shot like go shower somewhere or I don't know and I can't do the things that they're requesting I don't know so but I said you know what I have to try the worst thing I could have I don't put it online or something yeah you know that's it so I went to the first person I was shaking because I'm normally very afraid to uh, approach people not not them because they're homeless like anyone like at the subway anyone I would not even say oh I love your hair to anyone because I'm afraid to do that so that was a big fear to just approach the person and ask him, hey, what can I do for you? And he was like, oh, um, cash would be okay. And I said, no, I actually want to do something for you. Like, can you request something? And I'll try to make it happen. And he said, you know what? I'm actually um, very afraid that the person sitting across the street, like that woman, I think she is very hungry. Do you think you can go help her? And I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah like I was not expecting I don't know what to say but I went like of course I can go help her I was going to go after you know I talked to you to help her yeah. but what can I do for you and he's like um just you just gave me uh, a smile today I think that's that's enough for me he said and I was like you're sure and he's like yeah so I went and I asked the other woman what can I do for you instead of giving you cash and she said you know what I have four cats and they are starving do you think you can get me some cat food for my cat and I was like, that, and what about you? Are you starving? And she's like, I don't know. It's okay. Like, just, I need food for my cats. She was so oh. concerned about the cats. And I was like, what? Every homeless person in the city wants so concerned someone about else. someone else. Yeah. So crazy. That, so that experience taught me a lot. And I was not longer, no longer afraid to approach homeless. And every time I would see a homeless, I'm like, I'm like, ah, how can I help you? Like, I do want to get involved, get to know them and help yeah. them in some way. Uh, I want to. I was wondering if, I don't know if you have any more on that, but I was wondering if we could switch a little bit towards uh, 100 Days of Fear as a side project, like as a, as a project. Yeah. And have you, had you had side projects before that, that you put out into the world or that you did yourself? And then, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about the new projects you're on now. Sure. But. So I never in my life had a personal project like that one like I when I was an art director in the agency I had my freelance clients that I would do from five to nine 
and I loved to do those projects because they were more about branding and I could I, I didn't have like a real boss or someone mm -hmm. to approve or disapprove what I was doing it was just me and the client and I could explore you know creative ways to do things way more with those clients at, at the agency so that was like my side hustle I guess just building my name as a freelancer in the branding and, and design world that was in Miami and then and then when I moved to New York I was like I'm not accepting any more freelance because I want to focus obviously on school and and my and still be an art director so that's it and then I did that personal project and I from that day I'm like everybody should do a personal project mm -hmm. like besides client work just have their own personal thing that they can grow little by little and put a little bit of their time every day into that yeah. it's very important and I always heard this message from Tina Roth Tina um, Roth Eisenberg yeah love her love Swiss her. Miss I love yeah. her and she always said I only hire people who has um, side projects like personal side projects yeah and so and I now see why it really shows something from that person and some sort of commitment to yourself kind yeah. of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I was literally thinking about this topic yesterday where a lot of times in this day and age where we let work define who we are as a person, but oftentimes it could bring you purpose in your life, but it's a purpose often for someone else or for another brand or something else. And we need to set aside time to explore ourselves and use our five to nine time to kind of think about our curiosities and our passions and dig deeper into those things and create a project for ourselves. Yeah. So I've done a hundred day project before. Right, and we did 100 days of songwriting, and it was definitely, I remember exactly when the first dip was, when I lost morale, and it was around day 40 or so. And it was like, oh, like this is just a, mm -hmm. like I'm trudging through this. This is <laughs> awful. Um, every song I write sucks. Like it's yeah. just like terrible. Um, that's about the same time that you got picked up by the yeah. media. Yeah. So were you feeling like that around mm -hmm. that time, or yeah. like? Yeah. So after facing 30 something fears. I was like, okay, uh, I think it is time for other people to pick up this project. And so I have like even a bigger motivation to keep going because I do see the value in it. And I do kind of need that motivation to keep going because it's, you know, it's it's a lot to face 40 fears already and know yeah. that I still have 60 more to go. Plus it was getting, getting extremely expensive. So at the beginning of the project, my husband said, I fully support you on this. I think this will change our lives. Like he just wanted me to become a braver person forever. He was like, always, when are you going to be braver? When are you going to just say yes to more things? And, and he was concerned that when we have kids, I was going to raise them to be fearful like I am. And, you know, like be in situations where, with them and constantly show fear. So he wanted this so much for me that he said, I fully support you. And, you know, if we have to use our savings to do this project, let's do that. But it was getting very expensive around day 40. And he was like, I don't know if we can keep going. So I even considered doing a GoFundMe campaign. Mm. And as I was considering it, the project went viral. And after that moment, I never had to pay for anything again. <laughs> I thought I love I love how this project in the beginning it was kind of this personal thing that you put out to the world and in the end it became this community thing that you are rallying a bunch of people to yeah 
conquer their fears together. Yeah, yeah. So other people started reaching out saying, "Do you mind if I start my 100-day project, like the 100 mind? days without fear project? Can I use your hashtag or uh, do, if you're not okay, let me know." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, of course." Like. Mm -hmm start your project use the hashtag like at first i thought it was oh no my hashtag but then i'm like hell yeah like if yeah. this other people can benefit from it so now i'm starting a book idea and we're brainstorming and one of the ideas is to do that the 100 days without fear as a book and then everyday challenge the rally and cry yeah so in your ted talk you talked about how so you talk about the realization of how you don't have to be fearless to conquer fear and the end goal is not to be fearless and instead and it's to be intimate with fear how did you come up with this to this realization um because i always admire people that are very brave and i thought of them as fearless like some friends that you know would do all these things that i would not do like even travel by themselves to europe or do all these things that i was like you're fearless but then i realized that's not the goal like if you don't have fear of something you're not even brave you just don't have fear to do that but i think it has way more um like the accomplishment the fact that you are scared of something but you did it anyways so i think like i value way more people that are brave than people that are fearless mm -hmm. they're way more courageous and and way more admirable i guess yeah so it's kind of like knowing that you have that fear and being okay with it mm -hmm. and then just doing something about it instead of running away from it yeah the distinction between being brave and fearless and never actually thought of it yeah many people way. like it's all, something i came across I, I don't know i think it was while i was doing the project and it was also because i was using the hashtag fearless a lot but mm -hmm. i never thought i could fulfill that like the shoes of a fearless spirit i don't know like i was like i use it because it sounds fun like that word is very trendy fearless sounds yeah. good but i don't feel like it represents me and then i realized i don't ever want to be represented by the word fearless i think the word brave is way more like it's stronger than yeah. word fearless um what is one piece of advice you give to somebody who is starting a side project right now okay um so okay i i read the book the war of art and that's a book that i read right before starting my project debbie millman asked us to mm. buy and read that book and it's all about uh it's for the artists and but i think it's actually for anyone seriously not for artists not for creative people but for anyone that wants to start something and they block themselves they're like um full of excuses why it's not the right timing or why they shouldn't do that and a couple of things from that book made me change perspectives and the way i was looking at things and it's what encouraged me to start this project and and you know with a different uh mindset that i had before so for example one of the things that it says there is all about don't doing things for yourself doing it for the world so they say if you were meant to cure cancer or create a symphony or develop a new app or whatever it is and you don't do it because of fear you know that you will fail or or yourself you will get hurt but you know your self-esteem will get hurt or anything then you're not by not doing that thing you're not only hurting yourself you're hurting the world like you're actually being pretty selfish that you're not doing this for others 
just because your fear is stopping you. So when you look at it that way, you're like, oh, maybe. And then I thought, okay, I want to face my fears not only for myself, but I, I'll do it for the world. Because mm-hmm. I remember one time I heard someone said, um, I'm doing my my getting my ears pierced, something I should have done years ago. And I could identify with that because I was like, oh, I always wanted a piercing in my ear and I never did it because of fear. And if that inspired me to do it, then I can inspire other people. Like, it's as simple as that. So I did the project because I was like, I'm not only going to become a braver person myself, but I have the Mm. chance to inspire others. So that book really pushed me to, you know, think that this was a great idea to start this project, not for me only. Yeah. Kind of in a similar vein, uh, I read the, I saw this video about how Debbie Millman had this quote about you and she said she really tapped into her inner strength that was there all along and she didn't realize it. And I absolutely love that quote. So it seems like all of us have these inner qualities that we often don't know about. And you it seems like you found that through this hundred day project. So what would you tell people to do to find their inner strength and listen to their voice inside? So I think that when you challenge yourself, you realize your things about yourself that you never knew and that you never thought there were there. Like um, it's exactly how she says it, how Debbie says is, I thought I was very weak always always I consider myself a very weak person in many ways not only like physically but mentally and then when I started facing my fears I was like oh I'm not that weak I'm not as weak as I thought actually I'm stronger and I realized that so many things that I could do by myself so for example I got married early not because uh, well I was obviously like very in love and we were together for five years already and this was the right person and still is thankfully the right person <laughs> for me and I'm, I'm so happy about that but also because um, I'm, I'm very dependent like I'm, I'm not at all independent I like to be with someone and to go have someone to go everywhere with me and all these things and by doing the project I realized that actually I do enjoy alone time a lot but it's something I never knew before you know doing these challenges so my advice would be challenge yourself to discover your inner self like yeah. get uncomfortable that is my biggest advice you might be doing things that are the opposite of what you know yeah. or what you think you know mm-hmm. will be an interesting way to go about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, get outside that box. Yeah. yeah, and also, like, don't stop yourself because you think you're not good at something. You don't know if you've never tried. And also, don't allow anyone to tell you that you're not good at something, um, even if it's something that you've never tried before. Like, just go for it. Try it. And if you fail, I don't think that's a bad thing because you will learn something from it. And then you will for sure know that you're not good if you actually fail. But I don't know. The, the, the um, meaning of failing is very um, abstract, I think. Like, mm-hmm. what does failing mean? To me, mm-hmm. failing means, like, pivoting. Like, oh, so I tried this. Wasn't as good. So how can and I make it better next time. So it's never like the end of the road unless you make it the end of the road. What I've been, the way I live my life now is that I don't plan that much ahead. Maybe a year from today and say, what do I want to accomplish in one year? Like real things that I can accomplish. So I have real goals that are short term still. And I just do the things that make me happy in the moment. And every single day I ask myself and my husband, are we happy doing what we're doing? And the moment we're not 
that happy or we're tired of traveling and speaking and or doing YouTube, that moment is the moment we will change and, and we will find our next thing. But we're not concerned about what is the next thing. And everybody asks us that, like, what's the next thing? And I'm like, I'm actually starting to build something. So it's not about the next thing. It's about the thing I'm building now and that yeah. excites me in this moment. When that stops exciting me, I will find my next thing. For now, I'm happy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we talk about that in a few other episodes where you just have to be be in the present. Oftentimes, I, I used to be the kind of person where I worry about the future a lot too. Thinking about the future and like worrying about the future and you just can't live like that. Yeah. You just have to be in the moment and do your best, do the best that you can and to take the next step. Yeah. What are you totally obsessed with right now? Bubble tea. <laughs> oh, I love bubble tea too. Where do you go to? Um, there's one really close to my house, Coco. It's not like the best one, but it's really good one for me. Do you just find out about it? Is it during no. your video <laughs> in Chinatown? Yes, that's yes. when you find out about it. Video in Chinatown. I tried bubble tea for yeah. the first time, and I got obsessed. And I've been obsessed for almost two years. I have at least okay, so three things I'm obsessed right now. Not only bubble tea, but like I try to mix them up, and it's bubble tea, chai latte, which is mm-hmm. kind of a new one, and my Matcha latte. Yeah, matcha. Matcha There's latte a is great good matcha plate. That great Which matcha one? latte at um, Perpetuum down <laughs> on 25th and 6th. We're like two blocks if you're okay. walking from yeah. here. Okay. Check that out. Oh it's like yeah. Matcha latte is also amazing. really trendy right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been to Cha Cha Matcha? No, I want to go. So oh, you need bad. to go. So I cute. Go. So Instagrammable. <laughs> yes, yes. That's why I have to go. Yeah. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> so many. I'm obsessed. That was Michelle. Biggest takeaway. Do the opposite of what you know. Be brave. You never know where your side project could bring you. We want to thank Michelle for coming and speaking with us at the Rise Podcast Studio. Rise is a co-working space and community of the world's brightest thinkers and doers, working together to create the future of financial service. Shout out to Rick Thomas for mixing and mastering this session. We also want to thank our production manager, Shanna Elise. Go to our Facebook page and Instagram to get our updates and subscribe. do that oh you know if you can do that it means you're smarter oh come on <laughs> <laughs> <Olay>! <laughs>